0: My name is Caleb Denman. I lead the creative and production teams at DCC. Thank you so much for listening to the church in the city podcast. We hope that you enjoy this message, that it enriches and encourages you today. And that it serves towards fulfilling our mission of empowering a movement of passionate Jesus followers.
1: So let me pray for you. Okay. <laughs> Father God, Lord, I just thank you so much for Jamie. God, I thank you for, for, just the heart that she has for you and for your people, Lord. And Father, I just know that the word that you've birthed in her heart is something that's going to be life transforming um, for everyone in here, God, including Jamie. And Lord, I just thank you for Jamie's rawness and her transparency, which is just liberating for all of us, Lord. And Father, I just thank you that this word that you have shared with her is, is anointed by the Holy Spirit. And Father, we just thank you for your grace and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We get lots of seats when the kids get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) It's good, though. It's good. The next generation. I love it. Um, We do have a lot of new folks here, so I do just want to, I I don't know, I always like to just kind of pause for a minute and say some things maybe that are abnormal if this is your first Sunday here or your second Sunday here like why did Kevin speak last week and Jamie speaking this week and then if you come next week someone else will be sharing and why do we do that are we undecided do you know what's the? or if you come from a more traditional background maybe you would start to process that we don't have a lead pastor yet, and so the elder team is filling in. Like, there's a lot of different ways that different, different uh, church families do things. We do it that way on purpose. So our our worship leading, all of our ministry leading, our teaching time, everything that we try to do, we try to do in team. And so I just always like to share that with people. It's one of the things to me that's one of the most beautiful things about this church family. Not just from speaking, but just from everything that we're involved in. It's team. It's all about team. We like multiple voices. We like multiple hearts. I believe that not one person other than Jesus can give a full expression of the Father. You know, we're still learning. We're still discovering. And I've learned things about the Lord from Chris that are different than the things that I've learned from Lisa, that are different than the things that I've learned from John. Like, we all get to see just a different part, and we're reflecting different sides of the Father. And so I love that as a church family we get to do that. But specifically we try to do that too as a teaching team. So I always tell people too it's also a win because if someone is not your preference, just come back next week. It'll be different. It's fine. Don't worry about it. (laughs) So, uh, wow. I'm still kind of like taking all this in. We're here. It's different. It's really different. Um, Kevin preached last week being a city on a hill, and I know Nan shared, too, even just kind of uh, looking back at, I think it was a year ago, when we kind of started talking about a space for us to meet in, and what that would look like, and should we rent something, should we buy something, where should it be, and we start thinking about all these things, and one of the themes that kind of came out from that night through prayer and stuff is a city on a hill, is that we would be a city on a hill, and so Kevin shared that last week from a vision perspective, because the truth is, and I believe that this is true from the beginning of time, like through scripture, throughout history, that God will use things in the natural, to show us things that are going on in the spiritual that we can't see, right? So you will see all these examples when you look through Scripture to where God would tell the prophets to go and tell the kings or whatever it may be, hey, look at this thing that just happened. Or they would literally like take, take you know, act something. I don't want to say act, but you understand what I'm saying? Like something would transpire and it would be a reflection of something that was to come or something that was going on. And to me, that's all this is. Right This building is not the goal. this is not saying that, oh look at DCC one, they have a space to meet now, you know and, and and now now let's figure out how to pay it off and figure out we don't, we, all this focus on the building, which hey, that's we're living in a natural world. there's a lot of things we still have to do. I still pay my bills every month, otherwise there's also natural consequences, right <laughs> But I'm saying that it's just important that we understand that I truly believe from the the deepest part of my spirit that God ordained this to take place at this time for us as a church family. Not as a leadership team, not as a building, but for us to be able to say, you know what? I was a part of a church, and we moved up on top of a hill, and I made a shift in my own life, like Lori was talking about. I made a shift in my life to determine that I'm going to be a city on a hill and I love what Kevin shared last week and I can't stop thinking about it and I just kept saying to the Lord, like, as I was preparing for this week, I said, God, I don't I don't want to share anything that is just good revelation that I've got through reading or studying or whatever it may be from the stuff that Kevin maybe kind of got my mind and my wheels turning on, right? I was like, God, I want to encounter you in this. I want to experience you in this. I want this to be like never before. And so what I want to share today, it is it is going to be messy. It is going to be raw. You guys are used to that if you've ever heard me speak, because this is literally like what God is unpacking in my life and 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 100% saying to me Jamie I will take no less from you right now. This is what I'm going to expect. This is and here's what scripture says that when we are given knowledge from the Father, when we receive that knowledge, you are now held accountable for it. And so because I'm accountable for this, I'm going to tell y'all about it. And now you will be too. So we're all in this together. Um so I I I can't stop thinking about the fact that Again, in the songs that were so great this morning, I I love how the Holy Spirit works, but Jesus came, right? And we all know that there was a lot of different things that he was doing while during during this moment that he came to earth that love came down right he rescued us he set us free he he broke off the bonds of sickness of death of sin of all of that we've been re, we've been redeemed we've been set free but the thing i can't stop thinking about is that at that moment when that happened the father reached down somehow what that looks like i can't explain it to you and he said i'm going to make a mark and i'm going to tear that veil from the top to the bottom so that way all people know that they are now welcome before me face to face so the ultimate atonement took place Jesus died he paid the death death burial resurrection as long as we are in Christ we are in that and the father said you are now welcome face to face and I believe what he's saying to me this morning and Jamie I expect you to be there I want you there. I expect you to be there. And this is the stuff that he's starting to challenge me with. And, and so I've been just kind of meditating and asking the Lord, okay, okay, I I get it. I get it. So then, you know, right away I get into formulas, right? Okay, so I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start doing that. And I'm finding myself saying all these little things throughout the week. Well, I don't really know how that's going to work out. And and I don't really understand how this is going to be. And man, I'm kind of frustrated with this. And I don't really have revelation on that. And God, what's going on in this situation? And how am I going to handle that? And nothing's changing. And my wheels are spinning and nothing's changing. My perspective stays the same. and then And then, you know how the Holy Spirit works. All of a sudden, he interrupts you with this one thought and says, anytime you come into my presence and you are not changed, you just complained. That's all you did. You came before me, you laid before before me your complaints, and you did not encounter me. You did not come to me and say, God, what's going on here? And I continue to come and go in the presence of the Lord without an encounter, right? I'm coming and going before him. Lisa referenced a couple weeks ago, I'm text messaging. Hey, just want to keep you up to speed. Something's going on with somebody in my family right now. I'd like you to do something about it. Thanks. You know, hey, I just wanted to catch you up to speed that you made this promise to me and I still haven't seen it yet. Hey, just wanted to keep you up to date. You know, I mean that's what so Kevin and I, when we text throughout the day, that's not our relationship. This is us keeping in touch with each other, right? It's us keeping each other on, you know, informed of little things that we have going on or observations we have or whatever it may be or complaints or whatever, but we're not in we're not encountering each other. We're not in each other's presence. I'm not hearing from him his heart, his passion, his thoughts, his his vision for something, his his heart, whatever it is. I'm just we're just exchanging little bits of information. And God is saying to me, Jamie, I want to share with you. I want to, I want to share with you. I want to be that little woodworker. And I put the little, what what was his name? You love that little guy. Punchinello, up on the workbench. And I want to talk to you about, if you've never read the book, it's amazing. And I'm sorry, you're missing out. I'm not going to remember what it is, but Anyway, so the father came down, he tore that, that curtain, and I think the first church understood that because they had this physical representation, right? In order to have their sins atoned for, they had all these things they had to do. They were not welcome in the Holy of Holies. Even the priests could die if not every little thing was perfect before they entered in on behalf of the people. Right? As a matter of fact, all throughout history, we see situations to where God would, 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 would set up his presence. I don't know how else to say it. Like you think of the story of Moses, right? Moses set up a tent outside where the Israelites were, were living and moving. He set up a tent and he said, anyone who wants to meet with the Lord can go into this tent. And they all kind of said, you go. And then when you hear some things from God, bring them to me. Right? And I'm telling you that God has called us to something so much better than that. So much better. And if there are things in my life that I am toiling with that I don't understand, that that I'm, I'm struggling through or trying to get clarity on, it's not acceptable anymore to call myself a follower of Jesus, one who wants to walk in the footsteps of Jesus and not walk in those steps. Okay, so Jesus had his encounter, right? We all have moments. Maybe maybe that was your moment of salvation. Maybe it was different things you experienced. I can think of a few encounters that a handful of you have shared with me over the years. I mean, you think of Jesus, right? He goes to John, and he said, John, you have to baptize me, right? And what's the first thing that happens when he comes up out of the water? That's a moment that if he was struggling with his humanity, he could look back on and not forget. When the Father spoke audibly and said, well, different, different versions say different things. You are my son, my beloved. I, or some of them say, this is my son. There was this display. There was this encounter that could not be turned back from, right? So then from there, what does Jesus do? Immediately, it says, he went into the wilderness. For that encounter, that encounter got tested Immediately, he went in there. The reason why I found that so interesting is because when you look through the rest of Scripture, it says quite often he would go to the wilderness to pray. I'm here to tell you, like, if I had endured what he endured in the wilderness, that's the last place I would go to encounter the Lord. I don't want to go back to those places that were a struggle or difficult or whatever it may be, but Jesus went out. He sought out. He withdrew. He said, I have to be face-to-face with the Father. This is the gift he gave us. I don't think that I understand that. I don't. I don't spend my time like I understand that. I don't live my life like I understand that. And I'm telling you, I am desperate for change. I am desperate to say I want to be in the presence of God to, so, to such a degree, to such an extent that people are looking at me going, whoa, 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 too much, too much. Back down. Cover your face a little bit. There is just way too much of Jesus shining off you. I can't, I don't, I can't handle it. It's too much. I mean, that's, this is our example. This is what, this is what we're shown. This is what, this is what we're called to. This was a gift that was given to us. He tore the veil. The heavenly father said, my love for you is so deep that I want to look into your eyes and I want you to look into mine. I want to share with you the things that are on my heart. I want to share with you the secrets of the universe. I want to share with you my dreams, my passions. I want to bear your burdens. I want to te- I want to give you wisdom. I want to give you encouragement. I want to lift you up. If you go through scripture and start to unpack the things that are found in the presence of God, it will tell you, it tells me whether or not that thing that I say I went before the Lord with whether or not I actually did because when I went before the Lord did I come away with all these things that scripture says you would come away with rest joy peace repentance kindness Long suffering. Are are we coming away with a different perspective, like Lori was saying? Are we coming away seeing something different, or do we go before the Lord and say, "God, this is really frustrating," or "I don't understand that," or "Give me revelation," and then now I just kind of feel a little better because I got to rant. I am. I love to rant, y'all. <laughs> if anybody in this room knows me, I love to rant, and I do feel better when I when I rant. Now, most of the time, the people around me don't feel better. Sorry, Shauna. Shauna works with me. <laughs> Most of the time, the people around me don't feel better, but man, I feel like 100%, you know, for about five minutes, but it doesn't change my situation, doesn't change my perspective, but the true and one and holy God who says, come to me, anyone who's weary or tired, let me give you rest. He doesn't say, come to me, and then we can just sit together, and then you're still going to be weary and tired, but at least you got to come to me. He said, no, I'm going to give you an exchange. I'm going to give you rest, I'm going to give you revelation, I'm going to give you wisdom, I'm going to give you truth, I'm going to give you blessing, I'm going to provide, I'm going to come through. Or you know what, I'm going to tell you, take my hand, which is what he said to me this week, take my hand little girl, we got a little longer. It's a little bit longer, there's a little bit more you got to push through. But I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, and, and I, it's, not, it's not negotiable. What what we what we want this Christian living this Christ following to be, we don't get a say in negotiation. It's not available to you. I I'm sorry if that's not your preference. It's just the truth. We don't we don't get to negotiate. You don't get to bargain with God. That's right. Come on. I don't get to bargain with God. Trust me, I've laid a lot of bargains out there in the last couple weeks, and he's not taking the deal. He just continues to say, nope, this is how we're going to do it. Nope, I know what's best. I appreciate you. He often reminds me, and I, my mom and I laugh about this a lot. He often reminds me of that scripture in Job. Where you're chapter after chapter after chapter of all these things happening to Job. His wife's got stuff to say. His friends have stuff to say. And then finally enters the voice of the Lord. And he says... Who is this that darkens my counsel with words without wisdom? Where were you when I set the foundations of the earth? And sometimes God has to talk to me like that. And this week I heard him say it a little different. Because this week I said, God, I don't understand. Why is this thing still not happening? What's going on? I I thought it was going to be like this. And he said, I'm sorry. Where was I when we talked about that? Because you had that conversation with yourself. I wasn't invited in. I was there. I'm with you. But I wasn't invited in. I wasn't invited into that dialogue, Jamie. I was just there for the rant. I was just there for you to talk about how you were mad again about something and wanted something fixed or changed or handed over or whatever it may be. But I don't, I don't recall my opinion being put out there. I don't recall my heart being shared. I don't recall my vision being poured into this. It was available to you. It was available to you. And, and so I just, God's just been telling me, encounter me, Jamie, encounter me. Stop trying to get somewhere. Stop trying to accomplish something. Try, stop trying to fix everything. Just encounter me. I know what's going on. I know what I've done. I know what I've put in place. I know, don't, you don't have to tell me that I have promises still yet to fulfill for you. Let me tell you the promises that I still have for you. Because the ones that you're painting are not even close to what I have and I'm just like okay and and you know it's interesting because I I mean I've had a handful of these moments and actually sometimes I think in my life I I kind of crave them like sometimes I I know this is going to sound a little weird but some of the hard things that I've gone through have drawn me so close to the Lord like he becomes so tangible that I almost kind of like miss it a little I know that sounds weird I don't mean it you know but I just you know you miss that thing that keeps you driving to the to the father because for some reason I want to have a reason to be before him I have every reason to be before him always all the time and um I just can't, I just been thinking a lot uh this week as well through through Solomon right here's this king who gets to fulfill the promise of his father Right? so david had the promise that to build the temple david god called david a king of war and solomon was a king of the times of peace so he built the temple and he gets to he gets to to share in all of this right and in some of us we may have heard the story so he builds the temple he dedicates the temple he says a prayer before the lord and basically just says god so long as Your people repent and stay before you, like meet with them. And it's a little longer than that. You can go back into 2 Chronicles, uh, I think it's 5, 6, and 7, and reread it. But, you know, God comes down, fills the place with so much glory that, like, the priests couldn't even do their priestly duties. I mean, the place is crazy, right? The next day or the next morning or whatever it may be, the Lord appeared before Solomon. Now, don't even tell me you understand what that means because you don't, and I don't. I got hung up this week. I was texting my mom, Kevin. There was a scripture in there somewhere where it says God stood next to Moses. I'm like, you know, I probably read that 50 times. He stood there? What? What does that mean? But yeah, anyway. Okay, sorry. So anyway, so God appears before Solomon, which is not something you see a lot during these times. He appears before Solomon. And, and, he, and this is something he did for Solomon twice. And he said, you know what, Solomon? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to honor your prayer. Stay humble. Stay humble before me, and I will honor your prayer, right? And here we have a king. What does he do? He, he, he allows these little things, and we've talked about this before here. I know I've shared on it. He allows these little things to kind of start coming into the kingdom of Israel. Through his lusts, through his laziness. He's got good excuses for him too. There was a couple of women he married to keep the peace between their nations, there was already peace. These kings and princes would come and offer women to him because there was already peace, and they wanted his favor. But he would justify these things and say, to keep the peace between our countries, I'll take this wicked woman into my house. There were over, I don't know, hundreds of them. And I saw somewhere that there was uh, one of the guys that I shared, I didn't fact check any of this, but that it took over to 300 years to cleanse Israel from the decisions that Solomon made. And God said to him he said Solomon, I have this against you. I appeared before you twice and you still you still continue to want to allow all of this stuff in your life. How much more we people living on this side of, of redemption on this side of the cross. We have full access to the throne. We have full access to the Father. I can commune with him any time. Share, connect, get his heart, and he will be real to me. And if you've never had that, go before him and do not leave until you do. I promise you he will show up. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know that's a bold statement. I promise you, if you if you stay there and relentlessly say, God, show yourself to me, he will. 100% guaranteed. I promise it. Do not leave until he does, and he will mess you up. <laughs> And he will be able to say to you from that moment on, you encountered me. You have no more, no more excuse. You're mine now. You belong to me now. Right. We belong to him. He is, he is our king. He is our God. We, he, there, we cannot continue. I cannot continue to allow dilution in my life. And the way that I stay away from that is I encounter him. Because when I go before him always every time the first thing that happens he starts dealing with things in me. yeah, I know Jamie, can we talk about this going on in your life and I'm able and I'm given an opportunity to repent and to be washed clean and to let those things go and to step out of that bondage and to go into deeper relationship with him and I get to be brought back to to the to the mindset of one who is a daughter and one for you who's a son. I mean, I think a lot about Balsamic. I like food. Some of you know this. So if you've ever been to Italy, balsamic is very different than it is here in the U.S. They put it on ice cream. It's so good. It's thick as syrup. It is the most beautiful, sexy thing that's ever come out of something with the word vinegar in it. But if you have it here a lot, right? It's US vinegar is is diluted, it's it's real thin, it's real bitter. You know, throughout throughout the years, that little those little changes to adapt things to an American, less expensive food, we'll just add a little bit more, we'll add a little bit more, and we'll use a little bit less of, you know, pure ingredients and we'll just use a little bit less, and then eventually now this is what balsamic tastes like. And I I don't want our city in a hill to be that way. Come on, come on. And it's true with a city on a hill, right? So if you think about it, just from the metaphor that's being put together there. So you're walking through the desert or through the wilderness or whatever it may be. And it's dark out. And all of a sudden, you see this city on a hill. This city had to build. This city had to keep lamps burning. This city had to be vigilant. This city had to fight off, you know, attackers who wanted to take it over because the resources are strong. The city had to deal with a lot of things. But if that city just becomes something that when you're out in the wilderness, you can barely faintly see it, why do you even want to go there? Maybe you're just better off fighting for yourself in the wilderness. But if you look at it, it's just like driving late at night and you need gas. And I don't know, I'm maybe guys don't deal with this as much, but I know as a girl I do. If it's late at night and there's two gas stations and this one's well lit and this one's all dingy and kind of cray, I'm not going there. I want to go somewhere to where like, okay, these people want to be seen because what's going on inside of there, there's no shady business. They're fine with onlookers. They're fine with everything being exposed. There's nothing to hide but goodness and truth and all of this. This is what I'm called to be, what we're called to be. We're the reflection of Jesus. The only way I can do that is if I spend time with him. And if we spend time together, and if we're in the word, and if we're before the Father, and if we're allowing the Holy Spirit to move among us and convict us and teach us and train us and raise us up, and if we're encountering him. So I've been, this kind of even started stirring in me. There's been some things that I have been toiling with myself, like just even in my own beliefs. So I have uh, some friends that are uh, struggling in their faith, some of them walking away from the faith, due to a lot of the conversations going on right now in our society with sexuality. So I, I have some friends who have left spouses, I have friends who have left the faith, whatever it may be. So I've been, I'm just being 100% raw and transparent. You can talk to me afterward if anything that I'm saying here is frustrating for you, but I've just been before the Lord saying, God, I'm in this tension because I know what your truth says about the thing, What I'm trying to discover is what does your truth say about me, my approach, my teaching, my response, all of these types of things. This is what I'm trying to understand. And Lord, I only want to hear it from you. Because I can read all over the internet of everybody who's taken scripture or taken experience or whatever it may be to justify any argument that's available. But I need to know what do I do when I'm sitting across the table from so-and-so. Because it's different. Right, but here's what we, here's what my flesh wants to do is go to that place of dilution, of diluting my, the truth, of diluting the experience, of diluting who I am, of diluting our relationship, me and this individual. I want to dilute things because I'm so nervous. If I don't, it's not gonna it's not gonna taste right. It's not gonna be right. All of that. That's not what I'm here to teach on. What I I had to do is I had to go before the Lord and say, God, I'm going to encounter you in this. And I refuse to leave until I have your truth and wisdom. Because this is something that I'm passionate about and I want to know. And I want to know where you're at. And I want to know how you want me to respond. Because I'm fine if this person and that person and this person walk out of my life because of your truth. I'm not fine not standing in a place of not being totally 100% yours and encountering you around this situation. And your thoughts and your ways are higher. And that's what I care about. And scripture promises us that people will turn from us as a result of that. It's almost like a guarantee that we should understand, right? So these are things that we should be doing across the board. I should be doing across the board. God, what do you have to say about this job opportunity I got? Maybe I know some friends that have, have, are, are looking for jobs right now. God, I've got a handful of jobs in front of me. Which one do you want to say? Don't, don't, just, don't just be okay with just you know, flipping a coin. Ask the Lord to give you revelation knowledge. He wants to be your father. Kevin loves when the boys come to him for advice. It's his joy. It's his pride to be able to sit and talk with them. The heavenly father is so much better than he is and so much more and so much and, and has so much more wisdom and knowledge and all of this, right? I mean, here's the truth. And so what is it? What, what are you standing on right now? What are you saying? You know, what's, what's the controversial thing that you're faced with that you're trying to ask yourself, what's God's wisdom? Ask him, get around your brothers and sisters. What do you guys think? What do you think about this? What's your understanding on that? What are your struggles struggles in life? What is your encounter with God saying about them? What about your finances? Where you're spending your money, where you're spending your time, what you're eating, what you're drinking? What does God say about it? Do you ever do we ask? Or do we think we have some good balances set up in our life based on our own wisdom and our own knowledge and our own understanding? Or the fact that, you know, that maybe I don't eat as much as so-and-so, so therefore I'm good. What, I mean, what does God say to you? I mean, you might, maybe you're somebody who's saying, I don't, I don't really think prophecies for me or speaking in tongues is for me or this or that's for me. Have you gone before the Lord with that? because if he clears you I'm good I don't care all I care is that we're going before him saying what do you say because that's how I'm going to live my life because let me tell you something friends this is what the Lord reminded me of that's the standard I'm held accountable to when I'm face to face with him at the end and we will all be face to face with him John, <laughs> Justin and I were kind of talking about that a minute ago is that at the end you will be face to face with him you will end up face down the question is will you already be there because you were already bowed down before him we will end up face-to-face with him. We will end up being held accountable for that relationship. And how well am I going to know him? Am I someone who, he, who says, I, I was seeking you. I was following you. Yeah, I made a lot of mistakes. But man, I was before you as much as I possibly could. I just want to be before him. I just want to be someone who says who people say, I think she might be someone who's been with Jesus. And I feel lost or I feel scared or I feel alone or I feel confused or I feel whatever it may be, I'm struggling with this or I'm struggling with that. I think I could go to her because I think she, if she doesn't know the answer, she may know one who does. That's a city on a hill. That's a refuge, that's a respite, that's a place that people are drawn to. It cannot be hidden. It has to shine, it has to be bright. But I continue to allow this delusion. And that is coming from me not encountering him. It's not just coming. It's not just coming from me making little bad choices here and there. All of that stuff is irrelevant. Stay before the Father. He'll put his finger on what needs to have its finger on. And a lot of times it's stuff that we you may not even think of. I, I just, I don't know. It's just, this it, is just where God's at. If, um at least with me. If the band wants to come, I just want to share this, this one last thing while you guys come and get set up. It'll take just a minute, but this is, I I heard this analogy, and it's just been stirring in me, and I I just kind of hope it gives you a picture, and you know, if you're a picture person, close your eyes, do whatever it is to, makes it easier for you, but think about a firefighter, right? It's one of the professions I respect more than anything, like, these are people, like, Our military, all of these people that are just willing to put themselves between you and danger. Like that's their instinct, that's their training. It's just mind-blowing to me. So think of a firefighter, right? He shows up at this building, this five-story building. It's on fire. There's a mom and kids upstairs. He shows up. He's got all of his stuff. He's strapped up. He's ready to go. I would guess maybe at times he experiences maybe feeling a little terrified or nervous my guess is that he would probably much rather be at home watching netflix with his wife than running into a burning building maybe not maybe he's somebody who feels but you know i'm sure there's times to where he thinks that would be more comfortable that would be more enjoyable whatever it may be and when he shows up nobody's standing around going who's this guy what's he doing here what's he here for No one's saying that. They look at him and they're just like, this is the dude. The dude is here. He's got a 60-foot ladder. He's going to go up there. He's going to grab her. He's going to take her down. He's going to take the children down. He's not even going to think about it because it's what he was made to do. And when he shows up, everyone expects him to do it. It's an expectation. It's a demand on his life. He can't just show up and go, ooh, that one's big. Maybe we'll hang out and see if somebody else shows up. We've seen stories in the news about that, right? People that are supposed to show up and respond and don't. And the outcome of that. That's the same outcome that when I don't live my life, Christ live with my feet inside of his feet, following the places he's going, encountering him and carrying that encounter. Everywhere I go, this is what we face. How ridiculous would it be to say to a a doctor who just discovered the cure for cancer, go rush, tell all your patients about this. How ludicrous would that be? Of course he's gonna do that. He spent his whole life trying to do this. We should never have to say these things. We shouldn't have to. I mean, I shouldn't have to tell myself, Jamie, spend time with the father. This should be my long. It should be my desire. I should be getting up in the morning, thinking about him, going to bed at night, thinking about him. And maybe you're saying, okay, I don't do that. How do I get there? Just start. Just start. Take Time this afternoon and go sit in your backyard or go sit on a balcony or sit in the bathroom on the toilet if that's the only place that you get peace and quiet. I know some of the moms, you got to lock the door, turn the fan on, do whatever you got to do. It doesn't matter. What matters is encountering the King of Kings. He will change you forever again and again and again and again. And it's what we're called to. So, as a city on a hill, Are we going to sleep quietly into the night? Or are we going to be a place that shines to such a place that people cannot deny that what is going on here is from the King? Amen.
0: I want to thank you again for listening to this episode of A Church in the City. If you could use prayer for anything in your life, we would be honored to partner with you. Send us an email to prayer at dccgr.org. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. And then share this episode with a friend so that we're fulfilling our mission of empowering a movement of passionate Jesus followers. Before we go, a quick reminder about our fundraising for The Roots Project. You can get involved in a bunch of different ways by going to a churchinthecity.org slash miracle Thanks, and until next time, goodbye.